1: Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome everybody to this Christmas Day edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and today's all about the Las Vegas Raiders. Tomorrow is game day. Week 16 is upon us. What should we expect from the Miami Dolphins? What needs to happen for the Miami Dolphins to win this football game? These are the pressing questions that on a uh, Christmas Day edition of the show, happy holidays to everybody, regardless of what you observe. Hope you're enjoying some quality time with your family. These are the pressing questions that we are going to be exploring and, and trying to answer Uh, For the Dolphins, before we get there, one interesting statistic. Uh, Brian Flores this week talking with the South Florida media uh, and was asked about uh, some of the dynamics of his quarterback situation. And I really appreciated what Brian Flores had to say uh, regarding the, the lack of explosive plays for the offense with Tua in. Uh, versus the lack of turnovers. Brian Flores says, ball security is at the top of his list for quarterback ball handler qualities. Turnovers are the number one reason why people lose games. So I decided to, to look into this a little bit and, and kind of explore, okay, you know, turnovers for the Dolphins. Each Tua a tongue of Iloa, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has had seven starts for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are four and three in Ryan Fitzpatrick's seven starts and five and two in, in Tua Valoa starts. And yes, indeed, uh, the turnovers are a factor that skew towards the advantage of Tua Valoa. Tua Valoa, the offense in the seven games that he has started has had seven turnovers. The offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the seven games that he has started has had nine turnovers. Now, one of these seven turnovers from Tua Tungvaloa's starts was the interception that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw in the end zone at the end of the game against the Denver Broncos to seal the loss. So even that number is not fully reflective of the turnovers from starts from each of the players. Uh, It skews even heavier towards uh, Valois' favor, but the number that does very clearly illustrate uh, the turnover advantage that Tua Tagovailoa does and illustrates why the Dolphins made the decision that they did and why it was the right decision, regardless of what the long-term forecast is. And everybody knows Tua Tagovailoa is the answer at quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick has thrown an interception on 3.1% of his pass attempts this year. That number is three times higher than Tua Tungvaloa. Tua Tungvaloa has thrown an interception on 1% of his passes. Now, granted, Tua's had some dropped picks. Tua had a dropped pick against the Chargers. It was a bad read. Tua's had some lucky bounces as well. But let's not act like Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't also have interceptions dropped by the Jets the first time out. Uh, Two other picks dropped against the Seattle Seahawks and what would have made it a complete Fitz tragic performance. The ball bounces both ways, and um, the rate of turnover-worthy plays for Tua tonga is lower than the rate of turnover-worthy plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and because of that, and knowing what we know about the Dolphins playing complementary football, knowing what we know that the Dolphins have shown some life with being able to run the football with effectiveness, knowing what we know about the Dolphins' mentality, in keeping things close to the vest and really accentuating the mistakes that they can force other teams to make, that's why it was the right choice. That's why it was the right decision. And, Loki, you know, we talk about the lack of explosive plays for the Dolphins' offense, but if you're just looking at the Dolphins' offense since Tua Tungvaloa has returned from missing the start against the New York Jets, very quietly, the Dolphins. Here's the first downs per game. 23, 27, 26 to a tongue of a low at the helm. Yards, 406, 367, 383. Only three turnovers. That is a really strong performance. And then you look at the Dolphins' defense... In those games, and, and yeah, Pat Mahomes, 448, they're going to get theirs, but they Dolphins forced four, four turnovers in that game. They held the Bengals to 196, they held the Patriots to 303, and the week before that, they held the Jets to 260. And two weeks prior to that, they held the Chargers to 273. The defense is humming right now. The offense has started to turn the corner with Tua Tonga-Valoa This is no longer the team that's winning football games by having 280 yards against the Chargers and 145 yards of offense against the Rams and 302 against the the Jets and 294 against the Jaguars the first time out. The last three weeks, the Dolphins offense is in the 380 yards per game average. That'll put you in position to win games, especially if you start running the ball the way the Dolphins have the past month. So take that and then take the reduced turnover-worthy plays that are here for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and yeah, like, there's no doubt this was the right decision. Now, will we hear all of the criticism that this garnered, this decision garnered? Will will we hear the recantments of that and the apologies? Maybe, if Brian Flores wins coach of the year, and how do you get there? Well, you're probably going to have to finish with the same record as the Browns, and you're going to have to make the playoffs. Well, you win your last two, and the Browns lose to the Steelers in Week 17. Both those teams are 11-5. and might happen. But I hope that that decision-making process and what we have seen transpire in the two months since the decision was made, I hope that buys Brian Flores a little bit extra equity with the fans and trust with the fans. Because I I, I know how the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing was handled between the the Broncos and Jets games, uh, there was some apprehension about Tua Tagovailoa and Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzpatrick and the dynamics of the coaching staff. But, man, look, like they're bought in. And this team is winning games with the model that they want to win games. It's great. It's outstanding. Now, how do we do that against the Raiders on the road, Saturday night, primetime, 8-15, NFL Network? How do the Dolphins accomplish that? Offensively, this team... Should be able to get after the Las Vegas Raiders. This should be another. My expectations for this are another 400-yard performance from the offense, and I say that, and and some people, oh man, like that's that's a high bar to set for the Dolphins. But you know what? L- listen to the Raiders' defensive outcomes this season: 388. 424 406 337 okay against the Buffalo Bills admirable performance they lost by a touchdown 413 454 223 that game was played in a like a monsoon in Cleveland 440 313 460 304 374 456 402 the Raiders the last 2 weeks have given up 858 yards of offense to opposing teams and have not forced a turnover. And the Colts rushed for 212 yards. And the week before that, the Jets rushed for 206 yards. The last three weeks, you've got two 400-yard performances. you got two 200-yard rushing performances by opposing teams. And the only reason the Jets lost that game is because they turned the ball over three times. I'd be stunned if the Dolphins turned the ball over three times. They haven't done that since week one against the Patriots. Shout out Fitz. Regardless of whether or not Kinley's already been ruled out on the offensive line, whether whether Eric Flowers plays or it's Michael Dieter, the bar is set. The expectation does not change. As far as I'm concerned, the Dolphins should still be able to run the football on this front The Raiders do get Malik Collins back at defensive tackle, which will help. uh, But he hasn't played in over a month. He hasn't played in like a month and a half. So that's good news for the Dolphins. You guys want to know who the other defensive tackles are on this roster for the Raiders this year? Because there's no way that if the Dolphins are going to be able to run on the New England Patriots, that they they should struggle running the football against... The Las Vegas Raiders. The other defensive tackles on the death chart: Maurice Hurst, Kendall Vickers, and Jonathan Hankins. That's it. Add Malik Collins to that group. That is the four defensive tackles that the Raiders have at their disposal. Miami, they've been humming as far as being able to to run the football. We've already talked about they've got three cumulative 100-yard performances as a team in the last four weeks, and the only one that they didn't was against the Chiefs because they had to go into two-minute mode and throw the ball all over the field in the fourth quarter. Pound the rock. You know, it might be exhausting. Dolphins fans might not want to watch that kind of game transpire. But again, that's the formula and the blueprint for the Dolphins. Make sure you take advantage of the mistakes of other teams and really squeeze them and make them feel when you cut a possession short. And if they tr- exchange two touchdowns for field goals in the red zone, great. Now you've gained another possession. And that mentality it has been working for the Dolphins. I would expect it to continue. Coaching is a big dynamic in this football game, I think. Uh, when you take into consideration, uh, both of these teams at one point were 6-3 and three this season. Uh, the Raiders had just blown out the Denver Broncos, rushed for 203 yards, and in the following five weeks, the Raiders have gone one and four. They fell apart after losing a narrow game to the Kansas City Chiefs to fall to six and four. They lost to the Falcons, barely beat the Jets thanks to they beat the Jets thanks to a miracle. They lost to the Colts and they lost to the Chargers. The Falcons beat them 43 to six. The Colts beat them 44-27. to 27. Raiders against the Falcons had 5 turnovers. Against the Colts had 3 turnovers. This might not be a hot take, but I, th- I think the script for this game is going to follow a lot of scripts that we've seen for the Dolphins games thus far this season. The question is, how slow does the offense start? And if the offense is bogged down, we may be very frustrated at halftime of yet another football game. Because this Raiders team, they can run the football. They don't always commit to running the football. They had a month stretch where they didn't rush for 100 yards as a team. I don't understand how you, you, I mean, the Chiefs, 89 rushing yards, whatever. The Falcons, they jumped up on top of you, I suppose, but you had 40 yards rushing. How do you rush for 72 yards against the Jets and then 79 against the Indianapolis Colts? The Dolphins have managed more than 100 yards in both games against the Jets this season. And the Raiders, who I would argue have a better running game than the Dolphins do, had 72. One thing about the offense that I am fascinated with is, is how do the Dolphins balance having their potentially having their playmakers back with the style of play that they implemented against the Patriots? Because I think that that model, that formula, running the football, a lot of quick game. You know, they, they did this kind of stick RPO. Dan Orlovsky referred to it as a stick RPO uh, throughout the coverage after the game against the Patriots, and I really enjoyed his perspective on that play and the dynamics of that play. And and we've seen Dolphins go double slant. We've seen Dolphins go slant flat. Uh, but the stick flat in which they, they kind of sat that, one receiver down over top of the tackler tight end instead of running him into a slant. I uh, thought it was a nice wrinkle, and it did some things to, to really kind of provide a clear throw that doesn't have two guys running away from each other. It turns it into more of a spot throw, right? And the Raiders defensively, they, they really struggle in so many spaces, and they're one of the league's worst teams as far as scoring defense. They are averaging, points per game allowed. Ton. They're 25th in rushing defense. They give up 4.6 yards per carry. They're 26th in passing defense. They give up 7.1 yards per attempt on the season. Defensively, this team is a hot mess. So Miami you should theoretically be able to pick your poison. But if you get your big skill players back, how do you balance those players who are not necessarily, you know, they're contested guys. Gusecki and Parker are contested guys who win with physicality to catch point and ball skills versus the proficiency that we saw from Tua to make the reads and if, they f- if they're able to strike that balance early on, whether that's using the, the Premier guys as decoys, or they find one-on-one matchups and they just say, yeah, let's go get it. That's what I want to see what the script looks like this week after the success that they had last week without those guys to just kind of, you know, quick game, pure progression, use your accuracy, a lot of throws coming out quick. I anticipate Anybody who dresses, who missed, Devontae or Mike specifically. Not so much Jakeem. I expect they will get looked at, and they will get looked at early and often, and it all depends on their ability to win their one-on-ones. Because the Raiders, defensively, I don't think they can match up with either one of those two players. Again. Is this to say the Dolphins are guaranteed to win on Sunday or on Saturday night? No. The Dolphins have to avoid making uncharacteristic mistakes. They have to be able to shut down Josh Jacobs and the run game. And how do you do that? First of all, you start fast. Second of all, you force them to try to take one-on-ones on the outside. I'll take my chances with Henry Ruggs, who's coming off the COVID reserve uh, list. Nelson Aguilar, Zay Jones. I'll take my chances with those guys one-on-one, and I'm going to crowd the middle of the field. Eric Rowe's going to have to have a big game locking down Darren Waller. Do I expect him to have all the success in the world? No. But if Waller's working the middle of the field, he gets a lot of extra attention. So these linebackers, Jerome Baker, Kyle Van Noy, Elan Roberts, you guys got to have another big game to have a presence at the 10-yard depth in the passing game and also be quick to trigger and fill when you run downhill. Now, a silver lining for the Dolphins in this game is the fact that Derek Carr is going to play, and I don't know that Derek Carr is completely 100% healthy because this was listed as a two-week injury, he was considered doubtful at one point to play in this game, and now all of a sudden he's magically off the injured reserve altogether? And if he is, good for him. I might want to see his doctor about a couple aches and pains I got that, that maybe they can sort out for me that I've had for a few years. My prediction for this football game. I think the Dolphins will win the football game, and I'm going to take a score prediction of 26-17. to 17. Uh, it's another would be another multi-score win for the Dolphins. Would follow, again, follow the same script that the Dolphins have had so much success with all season long. If they are able to do that, force the turnovers. Force opposing teams to kick field goals in the red zone. I think the offense is in the right place and moving in the right direction to afford them a faster start against a terrible Raiders defense and get this thing on track and set up a win-or-go-home scenario in all likelihood in Week 17 against the Buffalo Bills. And We're saying playoffs start this week. Absolutely. You win, you advance, you worry about next week. Because if Miami loses tomorrow night, you're going to have a whole lot of help that you need to see happen on Week 16 or else the Dolphins are kaput. So, let's take care of business. Let's procure a dub in Vegas. We'll enjoy the holidays today. We'll worry about game day tomorrow. And then we will be on next week to covering the season finale of the regular season. Hopefully there's more football to be played after that. But listen, either way, your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked On Network. Locked On Dolphins will be here every day of the week for you regardless of what happens over this final 10-game stretch between now and the end of the regular season. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Enjoy the holiday. I hope everybody has a great day today, and I look forward to talking to you all on Monday, hopefully talking about the latest Miami Dolphins victory over the Las Vegas Raiders.